watch cartoons We'll take a look back at where we've been So let's hop into our time machine Hello and welcome to another episode of Cartoon Time Machine. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Katie. We're your animates, and this week, uh, as we approach uh, Oscar season, we wanted to uh, take this time to talk about the five animated short films uh, that have been nominated uh, for Best Animated Short, uh, and and talk about what what uh, we think of them. Um, unfortunately, uh, Katie has not seen them because it's really hard to see these short films. <laughs> They're all in theaters only, really, and it's um. Not at convenient times. Yeah, I was lucky enough to catch one in L.A., but it was not at the most convenient time. And I imagine it would be very hard even for a person in Los Angeles proper uh, to see them. Um, so what we're going to be doing here is basically I'm going to be talking at you, the listener, and also Katie, uh, describing uh, these movies and what I thought of them. Um, I'm hopeful that they will quickly become uh, more readily available uh, for everybody so everyone can enjoy them because these were were five really excellent shorts uh, and clearly a lot of work went into them and they all deserve to be seen. Um, a shame that that is not really easily the case at the moment, but I'm confident that soon, uh, in the very near future, it will be. Um, so yeah, with with that in mind, um, I maybe I will I will start with uh, the first one. Uh, as it was uh, presented uh, to us in the in the uh, in the showcase that I saw, um, which is our uniform, um, which is uh, the film brought to us um, by Iran. Um, I think it, I, it's it's certainly an Iranian filmmaker. I'm gonna for, yeah, it's I I don't know if it's officially mm -hmm. from uh it's, it's their contribution because it is pretty critical of uh, the Iranian regime. So I, I, it does seem to be listed as that the country of origin is Iran. So I will, I will assume that that's what it is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this, this one was, was, uh, uh, started out with a disclaimer, uh, basically saying that the purpose of the film was not to, uh, disrespect, uh, the hijab as a, uh, article of clothing, as a symbolic, uh, meaning as a part of people's faith. Um, but rather uh, sort of to uh, focus on where it is mandatory. Um, specifically, uh, the film is about uh, a young girl and her, or the, the filmmaker specifically is experienced as a young girl uh, being forced to wear uh, the hijab in school in Tehran. Um, it, I, I really definitely enjoy this one. I, I think you would like it a lot, Katie. It reminds me a little bit of Persepolis in the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the, in the themes around it about, you know, it, Part of it is that she uh, later traveled a great deal in life, so she has a good contrast between what uh, growing up and being in this town, the city was like versus what the rest of the world is like. Um, mm -hmm. What really made it very interesting is that uh, the the animation is done entirely on fabric, um, so it's paint it's paint on fabric, uh, and the fabric itself is animated with stop motion. Um, to really, you know, tie in that theme of of this uh, very tactile, physical item uh, that was that was such a huge part of all these girls' lives. Um, 
it, it in some ways it the animation style reminded me a little bit of the uh, Monty Python animations just in the the movement of it and some of the sort of uh darkly comedic moments like there's a, a funny moment where uh the teacher is is trying to cover the fringe in front of the girls uh like on the her uh, bangs with hijab but every time she pulls it forward it exposes more of her braid in the back so there's like a really quick sequence of like this like teeny tiny little uh a teacher figure like walking up and around uh this uh, strip of fabric to grab down the front of the girl's hijab and then like traces the exact same path painstakingly <laughs> back to the back and pulling it back there it's you know th there were definitely so some moments of, of like comedy uh in this one um and i i think it did a very good job of sort of show showing like the mundane uh oppression that is occurring here um Obviously, I have massive respect for Iranian women, especially in recent years, you know, pro protests and really trying to to take back their freedom. Um, and this this is definitely uh, within that uh, same mode. Um, but I think also in that more lighthearted uh, way of also just depicting childhood. Um, and that I think that's part of what makes it powerful is it's just kind of a shame to see that, you know, it, it's not it's not a huge thing but like just being able to you know not being able to express yourself through your your clothing choices is it has a big impact on on a kid's life um and especially you know there were the times when it was uh just criticizing you know the hypocrisy of it because she's talking about going to an all-girls school where she had to wear the hijab and in theory if everyone in the room is a woman they shouldn't have to cover their hair uh, but it was just sort of a, a the principle of the thing uh, teaching them to be modest at all times. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I think that this one would, uh, would really appeal to you, Katie. I think you would, you would enjoy this one quite a bit. You're, you're deaf. Yeah, it, it is the one I, I am most intrigued by and the one I see like the most write-ups on actually. A mm -hmm. uh, lot of, a lot of interviews and stuff with the creators. Uh, it is very much up my alley. Unique animation style. Check. Mm -hmm. uh, film with, subverted uh, text subverting a powerful uh state uh government check love those um and you are correct i i do like iranian films yeah this, this is a favorite and yeah, it, 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 it has similar tones to parts of persepolis you're you're absolutely right that is a that is a small part of persepolis at some point and just the conversation of how is are different parts of what is overall when you look at it a very kind of like mundane thing how one dresses for themselves and how it's taken and used it as an oppressive force mm -hmm. um because you can see it, it it happens a lot in history and both for for women and a few cases for men um that would mostly be like in the you can look in the Qing dynasty the last um dynasty of china um where the north the northern manchurian um dynasty required a certain haircut for all men um which was not the style of the people they were ruling since it was a different different ethno groups mm -hmm. um but more often used for women um but also you can do it as a suburban text and look at uh the oppressive style of saying what people can't wear mm -hmm. um such as uh looking at france which has um banned not the hijab more um it starts with an n and i'm forgetting the of uh, the, the actual term yes yeah. i believe they have banned the niqab and how is that also an oppressive thing yeah well while stating it's all for the benefit of someone 
exactly I like texts that make me think and have those moments we've we've seen that on the show Oh, ab- absolutely. And I, th- I think everything you said is, is completely correct. You know, it's yeah. And and I think that that part of what we we, we always talk about how, you know, the, the, the medium is the message and the style of animation matters to the message. I think that's really powerful in what was chosen for uh, the animation style here by having it be actual fabric. It kind of robs it of its mythical properties. At least that was sort of how I was interpreting it. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, it is just a scarf. Like it is just a piece of fabric. It is a piece of fabric that just, was yeah. made by hand in a factory. It's 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 nothing. It's in and of itself. It is nothing. And yet it is symbolic of so much. And so much can be projected onto it much as the story is projected onto the fabric. Um, God, I'm having like a small essay being written in my head. Now I'm like, ooh. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it, this is one of the shorter uh, uh, films that are nominated. Um, but I think in in very with using very little it expresses a lot and i think a lot of that comes just from the simplicity of this just being a, a kid's story like she's mildly inconvenienced by this thing at at most but at the end of the day that that's where it starts like that's the fact that this is a young girl who doesn't even have the basic freedom to choose how she dresses in her day-to-day life and knowing that every, it will all snowball for the rest of her life as long as she lives in tehran she will you know, this is just the first of many restrictions of her freedom. Um, that's, you know, a that, 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 that's significant. It's not, it is not nothing. And and you're right to, to talk about, you know, the, the places in which, you know, they also they restrict what you can wear, you know, versus forcing what you have to. It, it's, what's the difference? You know, we, mm-hmm. we'd love to all live in a world where a girl can comfortably wear a hijab next to a girl wearing a crop top and short shorts, like, that's that's the perfect world is if you want to wear that great if you don't that's also great but you know i think this short does a good job at just showing what what that these little injustices can can really mean Mm -hmm. so yeah that one uh was was really good i definitely enjoyed that one um moving on to uh i think what i i don't know if this is or will become the most controversial but i think it was it was definitely the one that inspired the most uh like hushed whispers around my theater um letter to a pig um mm. this uh this was a joint uh french israeli production um and it had a, a really interesting animation style it was a a blend of uh 2d uh animation uh, like line animation, black and white, mostly uh, with live action. Um, it doesn't. It it seems like basically rotoscoping. Like reading up in the the process that they went through, it seems a little bit more complex, a little more use of CG involved in that rather than actually. They, they had live action reference, but they weren't necessarily painting over it in the traditional sense. Um, but for all intents and purposes, it's kind of rotoscoping. Um, we see bits of the of the actual actors uh, occasionally poking through the line drawings. Um, this this is about this one is about a uh, a school in which a Holocaust survivor uh, comes to talk to a class of of preteens uh, about his experiences uh, escaping uh, Nazi Germany uh, by hiding in a pigsty, and he uh, this elderly man, this elderly survivor who's reading the story and telling about how uh, he hid behind the pigs to survive. Um, and of course, most of the children in this class are being children. Uh, they are snickering at his story. They're making winking noises. Teachers trying to keep quiet, but they're kids. They don't care. Um, and then it sort of pivots into how hearing the story 
uh, sort of sparked trauma in the mind of the, uh, the young girl who's listening to the story. Um, and then sort of becomes a, a tale about how generational trauma is passed on and how we can sort of relay trauma to the next generation, um, which I thought was a very interesting, interesting take on on the whole uh, concept of, you know, it, it's obviously never forget is a is a big uh, talking point when it comes to Holocaust stories. Um, but it was interestingly, I think this short almost has it's I think it's meant to make you question what what do, like what are what are the impacts of that it's you know i don't think it ever says like oh we should forget it like i don't it never it never goes there i think it makes it very clear that this is something that we need to process but i think i it was interesting to see it focus on uh what w what the impact of that is and what mm -hmm. future generations are taking from hearing these stories and uh the way that trauma can be imparted on on future generations um mm -hmm. This one definitely uh, got me a bit a bit teary. Um, it, it's just it, this one was this felt very powerful. I I think mm -hmm. this one has a good shot of of winning it. Um, the uh, the vibe right now towards Israel is weird in the U.S., so I don't know if yeah. the Academy wants to delve into that. <laughs> I I think it is one of those things where the it, it's unfortunately at a controversial point. I, th I think another part of the processing trauma and why a film like that is important also in 2024 as we as new generations process the trauma of their ancestors is the survi survivors are in their 90s now. We're in the last groups of survivors in the next... I'm doing math in my head. Um, it, it, it will not be many years before no. they last holocaust survivor is no longer with us that will be to change how people process it absolutely i i think that that comes through very well in the short when you see this you know the the very aged man and and part of you can uh part of his real uh features this the the actor's features come through uh in bits of the line drawings you can see his his eyes his hands especially um and you 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 know you see the age there and you see the indifference of the kids and on the one hand you know you understand it because they're children and children are the worst and you know more so i think they're like preteens like i'd say they're they're it, it's hard to say with the animation style you're mm -hmm. probably around 12 um but i think that sort of that idea is sort of hanging over this whole short that the current generation of school children is probably the last one of the last or the last to be able to actually hear a survivor speak mm -hmm. um and that, and that's going to change yeah. things and that's that's going to yeah. yeah we could get into the importance of we this is an event where unlike other uh, tragedies of the past where we have a lot of recorded audio visual written media to that learning will be eased whereas like if we start to go back past that it's much harder to learn about uh different things um of that sort but there, there is a difference to how you process things through an oral tradition. Yes. So it is, it, it's an important topic of conversation. The current place of the world tells me it might, it probably won't win. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, you know, it's, 
also it's not as if like i think this is like the obvious winner i think it's a very strong contender it was it was definitely from a purely animation perspective i really love what they did here i think they played with perspective in a really interesting way mm -hmm. um you know, there, there's a scene where these children uh, is part of this girl's sort of dream state as she's internalizing this trauma. Uh, she pictures uh, her and all her friends uh, confronting this pig. Um, and at first they all kind of, they, they, they laugh at it, they reject it, they cast it off and in sort of a similar way to, you know, what she perceives as her classmates, you know, ignoring the trauma. Um, and then she, you know, is this, it starts to shrink and shrink and shrink until it's something she can carry with her. Uh, mm -hmm. as she goes about her journey. Um, I think they they just visualize that in a really interesting way. And I think that I think that expresses how a lot of people cope with trauma is that at first it's, I mean, it's, it's particularly it's trauma of, of something like the Holocaust, which is so unimaginably huge, especially from a child's perspective. Like how do you how do you wrap your head around something like the Holocaust, you know, especially as a child? Um, and it sort of starts out as something that is is frightening to her, that makes her feel small, makes her feel like she can't confront it in a significant way. So then she and her classmates are kind of just sort of poking fun at it, making it something that they can control and tame and, you know, be be something that they feel they have power over, um, which I think is sort of what we see in the real world with with them in class is, you know, rather than actually engage with the horror that this man is describing it's easier for them to to make jokes about it because that's again what teenagers do um but that she is able to find a way to move forward not ignore the trauma but sort of have it be something that she can carry with her throughout her life i think that's important i think that's that speaks a lot i i will say with the current political climate there there was a moment i was i was i was thinking like there's this movie is like from 2022 there's there's no way this is like current politics there there was a moment in it when uh the the survivor's story sort of pivots to a very raw emotional place where he starts talking about how much he wanted revenge and like picturing like getting revenge on these people who have wronged him so badly and the girl is like visibly having a panic attack and we sort of go into her dreamscape and i'm like thinking oh my god that she doesn't come from some areas in which she might have very strong feelings about this particular thing. And thankfully they didn't go there, but there was a moment when she was entering that dreamscape. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to freaking lose it if she turns out to like be a little Palestinian child and like this is dredging up some very real trauma. And I sort of figured what, you know, the timeline is wrong, but also this would not come anywhere close to getting an Oscar nomination if it was uh, going in that direction. <laughs> Mm -hmm. that that is sometimes it, it's less per, per of course it's not often uh the jewish areas that perpetrated this mm -hmm. there there was a lot of revenge actions against germans yeah and, and that's part having of the story been in, yeah good having having studied in, in the czech republic there's a whole part of czech history they kind of somewhat have bundled down which was expelling and all, uh, a good amount of killing of Germans in the Sudetenland, which they did take from Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> history kind of sucks, you just kinda... History is wit written by winners, and when you uh, look into the uh, what the winners actually did, sometimes you go, ooh, oh, yeah. everyone's bad. Yeah. And, you know, the, I don't, this story doesn't really so much engage with that part of it. I think it is, I think it is, is much more a story about generational trauma. Um, yeah. I think it being an Israeli story, it, it is, it is in Hebrew. Um, 
So it is, you know, it, you you sort of get the sense that this, it is probably taking place in Israel, um, mm-hmm. which, which I like because I think it is important to remember that, you know, people are alike all over. And even in a classroom in Israel with presumably Jewish children, even they don't necessarily process the trauma in a healthy way or at least, you know, acknowledge it like they are still, you know they're they're still making fun of it even though one would you know perhaps think that that would be a more respectful group um kids but, are the worst that age yeah, they're always kids the, are worst. the worst we're, as someone who works with 13 year olds an unfortunate amount of their week they're the worst we're all just we're all just bad at that time it's fine we despite it being like a shorts feature we still got the usual uh animated trailers beforehand um and right before we got into this uh they were showing the inside out trailer um, mm-hmm, with like mm-hmm. all the crazy puberty emotions showing up and like I just it was funny because they went right from that to our uniform to letter to a pig which is sort of so it was sort of so a row of like you know coming of age you know acknowledging trauma kind of thing um in 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 three very different tones it kind of just kept getting mm-hmm. darker and darker and darker um but yeah it's a cesspool of emotion I think that's you know part of what letter to a pig is about is like how how does a young mind process something that is impossible to fully process and you know there's even a moment when the when the survivor is is saying like you you can't understand because you've never lived through it and maybe it's better that you don't understand so I I think we're like left with the idea it's it's okay to not fully get it and it's okay if hearing these stories scares you but you have you have to try to grapple with it in a sincere way and I think that's sort of the the final thesis of it is it you don't you don't have to understand fully, but you you have to try to engage with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a letter to a pig. Uh, the next one uh, on on the roster uh, was Pachyderm, uh, another French film. Uh, this one the French are at it again. Yeah, the French the French are at it again with you know thing that seems surface level beautiful and then gets really dark like that's halfway the thing makes with their shorts they got what, what's the maximum for a short uh length really? of time yeah i think like or how long do they take uh yeah i was gonna say 15 to 20 minutes is probably where a number of these end up or even shorter um when you got that la- that short of a time they draw you in very quickly and then go how are the emotions i'm gonna stab them Yoink. It, it it was so funny because like they showed all these these shorts and then like as a palette cleanser they showed like the really cute uh john musker like musical number 2d animated one uh at the end and i'm like i've like cried through like four different shorts i think i think our uniform was the only one that didn't make me cry <laughs> and and even that wasn't exactly a barrel of laughs so i was just very emotionally raw by the end of this shorts aren't very happy they often have a very important message they're telling and usually more messages i need to hear are not positive messages well you're right it's a very compacted amount of emotion um but anyway pachyderm um sort of it, it's go- it's gorgeously animated it's beautiful um lovely pastels um and it's about it starts as as the story of a, a young girl going to visit her grandparents uh in their their home and you sort of think it's going to be like oh like and again another sort of coming of age this person reminiscing on their their childhood um but it pretty quickly becomes clear that uh what this little girl the story is experiencing is some form of abuse 
it's it's never super explicit about the nature of it but her relationship to her grandfather is very uncomfortable she is clearly very upset not fully processing it um and just you know just generally scared to be in this home um and then by the end it, it's it's pretty clear that she is is angry with her family for allowing her to be victimized in such a way and sort of again processing trauma is the theme here uh sort of finds a way uh to get beyond that um it, it is a really beautiful short they do i think they really do a good job of expressing how big and scary the world is when you're a child and just that that big emotion of like not really being able to fully process what is scaring you like there's a lot of her staring up at the ceiling and like looking at the uh the the whirls in the wood grain and like seeing monster eyes staring down at her um and you know there's it's she we see her going by the lake and she's scared because she's heard the stories of, of how a woman drowned there previously and of course that all ties in with with her feelings of being in a place of danger um but yeah it's uh it's pretty disturbing, pretty upsetting. Uh, looks gorgeous. Again, this is probably the prettiest of them. Um, lo lovely uh, combination CG and 2D backgrounds. It really looks looks lovely. Wish the it didn't make me feel so bad. <laughs> What'd you say? The French are at it again. That's their MO. I, I, that, is, that is definitely how I felt by the time I hit the end of like, French, <laughs> France. <laughs> Can you can y'all chill for one second? <laughs> Sitting in a cafe, drinking a coffee, smoking a cigar. No. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I joke, but it is, it is, it is a beautiful movie. They, they do a really good job of just creating that sense of unease and making you feel very small in the way that the child is small and powerless to her environment. Um, and also I think they do a good job with sort of the mix of things that should be whimsical childhood moments. Like, like what I mentioned before, like seeing the, the monsters in the ceiling. Like, I think we all kind of have some vague memory of like that crack in the ceiling that looked weird or like that shadow in the corner that we always like did a second glance at or, you know, the classic, you know, there's monster in my closet. Like, I think that's sort of a childhood thing. But if it's... I let a single part of my body not be under the blanket, that's how it gets me. Exactly right. Like that that's a that's a very common way for children to process the unknown that lurks in the dark. But when you see the when it's done here, it, it's almost like a corruption of that like innocent childhood thought. Or like there's a scene where they're they're by the lake and uh they they're she wants to go for a swim. Um, but they've left her, her bathing suit at home, so her grandpa tells her just to get down in her underwear and and swim in the lake. And again, if it was if the short wasn't conveying such a such a like a blaring alarm bell of something is wrong here, that's almost kind of a cute thing. Like you know, you could picture a more wholesome scenario of like, oh, your your underwear is basically your bathing suit. Go have fun. Don't let that stop you from having a good time. But it's obviously not that. So it's just very uncomfortable <laughs> it's it's a great short it's it does it does a really good job of conveying a lot of really complicated trauma uh without ever explicitly saying anything um 
And in fact, I, I wonder if it will sort of go over the heads of a lot of people watching it. Because I think if you are watching a million of these things at once, like the Academy uh, voters might be, um, you might just think it's like a little girl who is homesick and is therefore upset by uh, a lot of what's going on. Um, but I, if you if you give it a thought, it's it's pretty clear what's going on, and it's mm-hmm. rough. <laughs> um, yeah, this one was was very good. Um, they're all really good. I'm going to be very redundant saying that. Um, so instead, I'll move on uh, to the next one, uh, which was 95 Senses. Um, this one apparently was also uh, considered a uh, a documentary because it had like a little like documentary uh, label on it. So I don't know if this it's I haven't been able to find much information on this one. I don't know if it actually is uh, the a, anyone's real account. Uh, it's narrated by Tim Blake Nelson, um, which it, he's a very good voice actor. Um, and it's basically a uh, an inmate on death row who is describing uh, the various senses and what those have meant to him along the way. Um, and you sort of slowly reveal uh, through the short uh, that he is on death row and why he's on death row um, and him sort of coming coming to terms with that. Um, and, you know, thinking about what's going to happen when he loses his sentence, when he loses his senses, when he is uh, executed for his crimes. Um it definitely like left me with like the I I'm anti death penalty like as a rule, but you definitely leave this really hating the death penalty. So that's uh that that that's the this is definitely the motive of this guy. Um, I don't know it. I I I say they don't explicitly say that it's wrong and it's bad, but boy, do you feel it by by the end of this that they get you get that agenda. Um, it it it's what's really interesting about this one is that they had a different animation team. Uh animating his description of each of the five senses um so the animation style changes a few times over uh which i think is really cool because i think that's a really good way to visually show the different senses is to do them all in a slightly different style um so that was really fun i i thought that was a really creative way uh to tell this story um and yeah not not too much else to to say about this one um this is oh this is american um oh, i i I feel like I almost don't need to say it. Like the documentary about death row, I feel like it's just like obviously other countries also have the death penalty, but like something about like doing having to do a whole short on it feels very American. Maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, I couldn't find a lot about this. I did a little bit yeah. of research beforehand. This one, uh, the best I could do was one user review on IMDb who really didn't like it. Oh, oh! Please tell me what that person said. I'm curious. Uh, they said it was the, uh, let me find it. it. It involved one thing being, it's the worst one nominated. Let's I mean, see. I sort of think that too, not that it's bad. It's just, it is the, it, I think it might've made me cry the most. So that's Here. something, but it's, I think it's not the most <laughs> impressive out of the five. This is the worst of the animated shorts nominated for the best animated short oscar this year except for the segment about sight it qualifies as little more than radio with pictures radio with pictures i mean that that is kind of moving pictures do you want me to to keep going there's more oh wait there's more oh please please read more. even the part about sight isn't much more visually interesting than other segments i can only attribute its inclusion in its field to its anti-capital punishment message with 
perhaps the defense that it's not right to execute a man who is deaf and who would not have burned his victories victims to death had he not had he heard the, their cries of agony yeah i mean i think that that's he gave it, it three and a half stars oh that's not terrible sorry he um, gave it a three three stars out of ten. Oh, okay yeah um yeah i mean i think i don't think it's so much it's it's definitely they could have they could have picked a much less guilty man like they could have explicitly said that this guy is innocent and yet is on death row because god knows we have executed innocence before um this guy is guilty of his crimes, as as you alluded to uh, in reading that review. Uh, he, uh, as we learn through the examination of the senses, uh, he has poor hearing um, because his father played music very loudly uh, in his house because he uh, worked at a sawmill all day. So he himself had poor hearing, uh, passed it on to his kid. Hey, generational trauma. It's a theme. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, in he is fired from a job at, at a mechanics and gets mad. So he burns down the mechanic shop, not knowing that there was an apartment above where the mechanic and his whole family lived. So they are all killed. Um, and hence why he is now many, many years later on death row. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I, I sort I sort of get, they didn't go with like the most guilty dude. Cause I think had it been revealed that he like killed these people in cold blood, I think we would have instantly lost any sympathy for him. So like he is, he is guilty of the crime he committed. He he sort of claims that he he didn't know that they're they were they were living above because he couldn't hear. Um, but also, what it's, was he gonna do? What was he gonna do? And if he did hear them screaming, like the house is already on also, fire, put gasoline on it. There are things called second degree murder, which is and also still first degree murder. Well, I think sometimes does count accidentally murdering someone with the intentions of your actions because you should have enough forethought to go. Oh, there's more to this building. I wonder that what that could be. Right. I think they say he was 19 at the time. So like, you know, dumb. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I think, but old enough to be tried as an adult in the United States of America. I- exactly. No, I think I think it is very clear. And also, is, yeah, still enough to go. Huh, there's more to this building. I wonder what's up there. Yeah, he and, and he knows that he doesn't, you know, he he the the mo- the short doesn't spend a lot of time like railing against so, like the, there's a very much a sense of resignation to the story that he's telling um as he's he's talking about you know how he got to this moment and he is he is exp- he is trying to sort of commit to memory those five senses before they're all taken from him um and the term 95 senses is in respect to him theorizing that uh we only experience five senses in life, but there might be a hundred senses that we have that we're just unaware of the other 95. And he is sort of hopeful that when he dies, he'll be able to experience those other 95. And that's what he imagines death is. It's just a whole extra slew of sensation. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's a very, it's, it's, it's powerful uh, in, in that, in that way of it being literally the last moments of a condemned man. Um, yeah. I think it is not, I the the story I don't want to say gimmick but the gimmick of the the five different animation teams uh, or maybe even six because there's also the bookends um, all working on on showcasing the different senses I think is is very uh, it, it it makes it visually very interesting but of the five probably the least visually interesting I would say um, it certain certainly doesn't necessarily hold up to like. Uh, a letter to a pig um or our uniform and, and that sort of creativity of the medium um but still very good i i like this one a lot i think again this one made me cry the most um it's you know it's it's 
I think they do a good job of showcasing the emotions of someone who knows they have minutes left of their life. Um, you know, wh- whether or not you you agree with the death penalty or think in this specific case this person deserved it, you know, it 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 is hard not to be caught up in the emotion of what would like what would a person think just before they die. Um so yeah, I thought that one was was quite quite good. Um and that brings us to the final one, um, which I think is pr- – if, if I had to put money on it, I think all these shorts are good. I think War is Over is the one that's going to win because I know how the Academy is. Um, this is this is another American uh, contribution. Uh, the full title is uh, War is Over, inspired by the music of John and Yoko, and it's made by uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono's son, uh, at least partially. Um, and it is, it was made, uh, in Unreal Engine, um, with, uh, by the, uh, Weta FX animation team, uh, Peter Jackson's, uh, team, uh, big, big credits. It was like, spe- very special thanks to Peter Jackson. So like, this is the star powered one. This is the one with money behind it. It looks fantastic. It looks expensive. It, it probably was very expensive. Um, it was the music was composed by uh, Thomas Newman, who has won the Academy Award, I think, a few times for his various film scores. He's scored a ton. Um, he's scored a bunch of uh, 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 Pixar movies like Wall-E. Um, he's they they have star power behind this one. I I just I know how the Academy works enough to know that like yeah. this is gonna be uh, something something of a favorite. Um, so we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it wasn't necessarily my favorite, um, but it was it money, a lot of money in this one. Um, it's uh, so it's sort of a uh, sort of like almost like a riff on the Christmas truce uh, that happened, uh, no man's land in World War One. Not exactly following that, but definitely taking the spirit of that truce. Um, we're following uh, two uh, members of. Uh, two different sides of the war they don't explicitly say which side is which um because i yeah that's not the point <laughs> um war war is hell for everyone involved um and we we see them uh passing a carrier pigeon back and forth to play this game of chess uh telegraphing their moves back and forth uh until uh one day they're set to do battle against each other and in the fog of war suddenly the pigeon returns from the general with the news that the war is over and they can all go home. Um, so, you know, again, another very emotional uh, story there about, you know, war and fighting and peace and uh, ends with uh, the famous uh, Merry Christmas song uh, written by uh, John and, and Yoko. Um, so, yeah, they uh, they put money into this one. It, uh, it, it looks just great. And it's a sweet story, an important story. Um, nothing none of us have seen before i think the second this one starts you sort of know exactly where it goes and if you know anything about the christmas truce you also sort of know again if not exactly following real history you know what the theme is gonna be um yeah it's about how you you know the two people on on both sides of of no man's land are just people trying to get home to their families and no one is really a winner in this chess game that is war. Um, 
Yeah, this one will probably win just because of the money behind it. I imagine they're going to have, like, of all of these movies, this was the only one that I think might actually have a four-year consideration campaign, um, <laughs> you know, in, in terms of in the back rooms of people talking, um, because there's there's star power here. Um, and I think people probably want to see John and Yoko's son getting up on the stage to accept an award. So, you know... I'll give it to it. It's not a bad short. I feel like I'm being really hard on it. It's not. It's it's very good. The animation is flawless. Um, but it's flawless in that Unreal Engine kind of way where it's like, yeah, this this could be a Pixar movie. Like this, everyone looks very nice. It's very clean. You know, the colors look very real. It's it's coming coming off of four very stylized shorts. This one was kind of like a like a punch in the face like oh this looks like every other animated movie that's made okay yeah I think that's why I've always I don't tend to end up watching the shorts very often but I always look at the art style Mm -hmm. Um, and I respect the shorts a lot because often they are a place where people can be much more creative Mm -hmm. because you uh, in a lot of these styles it would be outrageous to make in a long form yes of Um, course you can tell very important stories and you can also do really wacky things Mm-hmm. Um, but it unfortunately is the ones that often win are the ones with star power or these really fancy ones because that's just what the academy tends to like. Yeah, I mean, and- if you go back like five years ago, you you see Pixar, 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 Kobe Bryant, Pixar. Yeah, exactly. So you know it. I I don't want to say it doesn't deserve to win because I think that's harsh. I think a lot of work clearly went into it. Like just because a lot of money went into it doesn't mean a lot of people didn't work on it. In fact, I think the most people worked on this one and I think there was real care there. I think it's an important message. I think it's important for where we are right now. We're at a, a time of particularly increased turmoil in the world. And I think it's good to remember that there are little people who are fighting who are not involved in the big decisions that are coming from up top as, you know, people in power wage wars. It's always going to be the the people who are just kind of expendable, you know, pawns on a chessboard who are the ones who are the most hurt. So always a good reminder. I like the song. It's a good song. Um, it feels a little gimmicky in that they, they get John and Yoko's son to make a short based on that song. Um, but, you know, it's good. It's good. It's not great. Like, you know, Letter to a Pig, I think, is is really powerful. I think uh, our uniform is really important, and I think Pachyderm is beautiful. Like, there, some of these other ones have just something really strong going for them, and I think, to your point about them being short films, allows them to be more provocative, more experimental, and that's not really happening here. Like, it's cool to see Unreal being used. Unreal Engine is rad, and it's going to change the way we do animation, and always good to see Weta getting work. <laughs> All those <laughs> things are great for people like us who love this industry. Um, that being said, th- this this is not going to, you know, change anyone's life, I don't think. Yeah, it's just, every time you go Unreal Engine, I only think of video games, not movies, because Unreal Engine is such a video game industry thing. Oh, it is. No, it it absolutely is. And that's why it's cool to see it be slowly started to expand into, you know, animated uh, shorts, animated series, you know, potentially one day full animated feature. I don't think they've ever used it exclusively for a feature, um, but it's coming. They've made made video games long enough to be considered a feature. Exactly. No, I mean, it's coming. Like we're going to, it's not going to be long before it's being used to make, you know, 
multiple feature quality uh, animated projects. And I'm excited to see where that goes because it's an amazing technology that can be used to to produce some truly incredible things. I wouldn't necessarily say this is incredible. Um, it's good. It is good. I will. I, I don't want to be too harsh on this again. It's there is nothing wrong with it. It's just it is the safe one of these things. If you're playing the betting market, pick it. If you're picking your favorite, maybe not. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I I right. I think if for most film people, I would doubt this is necessarily a favorite, um, unless you're just impressed by the technology itself, which again is very impressive. Um, but yeah, this is this is the one with actual money behind it. In in lieu in lieu of a Pixar short, uh, or a Disney short in contention this year, um, I think this is the this is the glossy one. We get one we get one glossy pick every year. <laughs> one fancy boy. this is our one fancy boy and yeah like I I suppose if I had to pick I I think the one that is going to stick with me the longest is letter to a pig um because I think that has had the most interesting thing to say that I hadn't necessarily seen told in quite that way before I think holocaust stories rightfully so tend to focus on the victims themselves and I think it was interesting that this one is much more about how that trauma affects future generations which i think is an interesting concept um and i so yeah i think i think of if i had to if if you were if i was an academy voter and you asked me to pick my favorite the one to vote for i probably would pick that one um that being said i think if basically any of the others were to win i would be very happy with that too um yeah i think they're i think they're all all a really good to showcase of multiple different styles of animation um lot lot of creativity a lot of heart in all of them um and yeah i hope that that they're more available for people because i think you know i I don't think any of these you're wasting your time with i think i think they're all pretty great i'd say they probably average in at around 11 12 minutes so it's not a huge time commitment to watch uh one at a time or even to sit down and watch them all at once as i have done um but i hope that that i miss (laughs) what the day when all these were on Vimeo because there was no other streaming service. Yeah, I don't even know where most get everything on Vimeo. Yeah, I, I, I hope they're they're easily accessible because that's what you know. Film is meant to be accessed by the public. Like they, they should not like. If there's going to be a paywall, it should be very slight because I feel like you shouldn't be paying more than a dollar to watch eleven minutes of content. Um, this is when or an I again, ad, a few ads. Yeah, what? This is when I again go. You know. You know who I respect? The Criterion Channel. Hundred dollars mm-hmm. for a year subscription for all those movies. That's, That's a pretty, pretty good, good deal. deal. Good deal. Yeah. No if, ads, if probably. You... Yeah. I uh I, I hope that these are able to be viewed soon because they're great. And I recommend uh that if it is convenient, they are all watched by you guys because I think you'll uh you'll all like them. Um well, yeah, so I just talked at you, Katie, for, for a while there. Do you have anything to add, <laughs> having not seen the movies? <laughs> I wish I saw them. I, I think you and our audience both. Um, so, yeah, we're going to uh, pop back into our cartoon time machine and go I'm to make... hopefully the near future where they are available to everyone to watch easily. And I'm going to make you a cup of tea for that, for that sad throat now. Could definitely use that. <laughs> I'll make it with lemon and honey. Ooh, that's excellent. Bonus. Well, it I'm is pro- unfortunately chamomile. 
Yeah, okay. Well, I'll live. <laughs> I'm Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates, and we will see you next time. <laughs>